0: as the Scripture reads in Psalm 119 and verse 116. Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Now, let's hear from God's Word. Romans chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, That's you and me. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of His Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God, to come unto you. Verse 11, For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end you may be established. Can I say amen right there? That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Let's pray. Father, we thank You, Lord, for the wonderful privilege to be once again in Your house this morning. God, I pray if You would please help me to preach this message as You've delivered it to my heart. Help me, God, to have a a right spirit within me. Help me, God, to have a clean heart and a clean mind. And and God, fill me, Lord, with Your Spirit and empty me, Lord, of myself and and of sin. And and help us today, God, to hear Your Word. Help each of us, God, that we might be encouraged in the Word of God, that we might be exhorted, God, that we might get some help today that we stand in need of. Because God, can I tell you, how greatly do we need help from heaven this morning. God, we need Your Spirit. We need Your Word. And God, we need to grow thereby. I pray, Lord, this morning, please help us to grow today. We love You. We thank You. In Jesus' name, Amen. In life, uh, in the life we live and the way things go and kind of the way our culture is designed, uh, people are always linking themselves up together with somebody or with something, or some organization, or, or some uh, group of people who think. You might join a group on Facebook that's named after some thing you like, you know, whatever it may be, or, or you may be a part of some organization, or a part of this, or a part of that. As a kid, uh, I remember we always had a club. Did you all ever have clubs as kids? I don't know if we got that from watching, uh, what was it, Little Rascals, or, or what it may have been. What was that called? That, yeah, there it was. That was it. He-Man he Woman Haters Club. I don't think that's a great club to have today. But that's what they had in, in Little Rascals. I don't know how many members you'd have is what I'm saying. Little Rascals. Uh, but we always had a club. We had this old shack behind the house, a door hung off of it. And I mean, it was just, it was, it was barely held together with a few nails. And we would go and we would write on the, on the door whatever club it was on a piece of paper, which you know would last of all two or three hours. And that club was changing every day. I remember we would have... A club for power rangers or we'd have a club for for this or that or whatever it may have been as kids whatever new thing we were uh, excited about his kids that was our club my brother always wanted to be a basketball club and i said no you're a loser get out of here we're not having a basketball club you know this is for power rangers only are you a power ranger <laughs> basically if you didn't know martial arts you couldn't be a part of the club uh but that was so you know it's just one thing or the next it was always everybody wants to be in a club you go to school and you get in high school And they've got all the different clubs. You know, you got the FFA club, and you had the FCA club when I was in school. I think they might call it something different now. I don't know. And uh, we had a Spanish club for those of us who were into Spanish for whatever reason. And yes, I was the president of the Spanish club for a while, and it was weird. Uh, But, you know, I mean, just, you know, we always had those things. You want to be around people who are like you, right? Everybody wants to be a part of a club or a group or an organization. Uh, You want to hang out with people who like things. That you like, you know, if you like sports, then you want to be around people who root for your sports team. Amen. If you, uh, if you like racing, you want to be around people who like racing. If you like games, you want to be around people who like games or people who like the same kind of movies. It's just natural, a simple part of human nature to want to group together with others who are of a like mind, to be validated, if you will, in our beliefs. Amen. With that in mind, we have to understand something, though, about the church The church is not an organization. It's an organism. It is a living thing. That is why the Bible tells us that it is a body. That we are the body of Christ. If you're a part of the church, you're a part of the body of Christ, which is a living thing. Amen. It's not just, well, we all got together because we kind of like what this one had to say or that one had to say. But it's rather that we were born again and in being born again, we became a part of a family, an actual family, not a, uh, an imagined family, an actual real family, the family of God. And we are now joint heirs with Christ. And in doing so, whether you meant to or not, you have become a part of the church, the body of Christ. But that, ha- that even becomes a little bit more specific and a little more centralized. When in this life we live, you gather together with a local body of believers. That's what they call it, isn't it? A local body of believers. That we are, in a sense, one smaller version of the body of Christ. Right here, locally, that we have been brought together for a purpose. And that purpose is to do the work of the ministry. To serve God, to please God, and in doing so, we have become a part of the, quote, Brethren, and can I say that there have been times in my life where I have heard individuals who are a part of the church use that word brethren almost as a derogatory term. Well, the brethren, you ever heard them growl at brethren? They growl, the brethren, like it's some bad thing. But can I tell you that the brethren is a good thing? The bre- amen. The brethren is a good thing. To be a part of the church is a good thing. We don't need to take church off the sign. We don't need to take Baptist off the sign. Uh, We don't need to run away from our heritage. Amen. 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 I I would like a little bit stronger amen on that, but maybe we'll circle back around to it. The church, the Bible says, Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So why would we want to take that off? Why would we not want to be a part of that? I'd like to be a part of that crowd. Amen. The church. That's what we are. We are the church, if you believe in God, you've been saved, then when you got saved, you became a part of the body of Christ, the church. And while there are many who would look down on the church with a negative thought and negative connotation and have negative things to say, can I just say this morning, thank God for the church. Amen. Thank God for the church. I'm going to give you a couple simple thoughts today on how that the church should be united and that we should all thankfully and emphatically say, thank God for the church. Amen. Let's say that together. We're going to say, thank God for the church. Are you ready? Thank God for the church. Amen. Let's say it again. Thank God for the church. Amen. Now, you say, well, I I don't really like the church, or I don't really like this. Well, let me me see if maybe I can show you some things that you're just not really paying attention to. First of all, the church is our base. It's our base. That word base has a dual meaning. Uh, If you look into the English language, that word base, it refers to really two different things. One, the church is our base, like a base of operations. Amen, that it is the place from which all of our work and all of our operations, if you will, for serving Christ should begin. Amen, it's where we come together. It's where we make a plan. It's where we get what we need to then go out and do the work that we're supposed to be doing. Amen, it's our base. Uh, It is also, not only does the word base refer to that as like a base of operations, but also as the foundation, the basis of something. Uh, Something that holds it all together and holds it all up. Amen. We see first the church's process concerning this thought as the church as our base. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14 says this, These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Can you see that? Paul said this, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. And when Paul was writing to Timothy, I don't think he was telling him, now Timothy, you need to behave yourself when you're in church. What he's saying is, there's a way that you ought to act when you go to church. You ought to have church. You ever heard him say that? It's, Let's just have church today. Amen. And, and what that is referring to, is it's referring to the basic understanding of what church, in terms of this right here, us coming together at the worship service hour, whatever you want to call it, at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning, we have gathered together this morning to have church. And the process of that church. Church is first, it's a house of prayer. Amen. Not only for seeking prayer, but for submitting prayers. Amen. Sometimes when we come to church, or actually every time on Wednesday night, uh, which we call prayer meeting. We will take uh, requests, and and then when we're done taking requests, we will pray. And Sometimes you come to church, and when you come in, the Lord has put a burden on your heart, and, and you want to ask the brethren to help you pray. Amen. We talked about that recently, about asking for prayer, and that when you don't ask others for prayer, you're limiting God, and you're limiting God's people. Amen. That we should let our requests be made known. And Bear ye one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. Amen. And we come in here and we'll ask for prayer requests and we'll put the thing, Ms. Jan will put it on Facebook saying, any prayer requests for Wednesday night? And you're to submit that and ask for it. Because when we get to church, we're going to pray over those things. Now, you don't have to be in church to pray. Thankfully, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and He's the propitiation for our sins. So we can call out to Him, Anywhere that we have a priesthood of believers that anybody anywhere could call out to God. But it's awful good to pray at church. When you come together in God's house and all God's people get together and they all bow the knee at the altar together and they call out to God with unified purpose, it is powerful. Amen. God's house is a house of prayer for seeking prayer and submitting it. And can I tell you, you don't have to go to the altar to pray, but it's awfully good to do so every once in a while. It's a house of prayer. It's a house of praise. Hebrews 13, 15 tells us, by Him therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. It's the praise of our lifting holy hands. It's the praise of our lips when we speak and uh, praise this to God and, and testify of how good He's been. Amen. Or when we lift our voice and sing. Amen. Friday night we went down to that youth meeting and And uh, as often happens when I walk into situations with my so-called friends, they like to put me on the spot. Amen. I walked in and I went to Brother Curtis and said, hey brother, you know, how's everything going? What's the plan? He said, well, you're on the piano, everything. I need you on the piano for all of it. I said, okie dokie. He said, and tonight we're going to get all the teenagers up behind the the pulpit and make them sing in a choir together. I thought, okie dokie. First service, first night, they'd have no idea what they're doing. we just hand them a book, say, if you know it's and if you don't, try to figure it out along the way. Yeah. Amen. And guess what? They did. And our young people went up there with them, didn't you? Amen. Some of them tried to sneak into the back like Chloe over here, and some of them were pushed out to the front like Megan, right? <laughs> but they sang out and they sang the ones they knew well and the ones they didn't, they just kind of followed along until they found it. You say, well, that's not... Man, I'd be so embarrassed. There is no reason that you should be embarrassed to sing for the Lord. Say, so, well, I can't sing well. Well, lucky for them, there was about 50 or so of them up there. So if they couldn't sing well, nobody knew it. Except maybe the one right in front of them. Amen. You ever, been that, you ever been in a choir there and there's that one right behind you and man, they can't sing a lick? But they built it out. You're thinking, well, Lord, just help me Help me to stay on key and I'll try to help them. Amen. And sometimes that's the way it goes. But you know, that's why the Bible said make a joyful noise. You don't have to be a talented singer to offer praise. And can I tell you what the simplest most basic and easiest form of praise is that you all have on a regular basis week by week every time we have service congregational singing we put the words up and miss brandy goes and plays and pop steps up here and starts singing and he's going to sing out but guess what you need to do the same thing when it's congregational singing time and you spend it you know talking or looking on your phone or doing whatever what you're losing is you're missing out on an opportunity to praise God. And, and if I were to say, hey, why don't you stand up and sing a special, you're, you're not going to do that. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't just randomly call on you and say, hey, Brother Marty, stand up and sing as a special. Amen. Because you just never know what you're going to get. Amen. <laughs> but i tell you what I will do. Let's all stand together and sing together with one voice unto the Lord. That's what they did in the book of Nehemiah. They stood together and with one voice they glorified God with their singing. And that is your opportunity to praise God. Say, so, "Well, I'm not really a, a great speaker, so I'm probably never going to get up and, and lead a lesson." Or, I, "I get nervous, and so when you ask for testimonies, I, I want to testify, but I'm scared." And, and, I'd love to sing, but I'm just not good enough." Well, I got a I got a great great news for you. Congregational singing is a chance for you to praise God with your lips, and nobody may even notice, Amen. but God will. Amen. Amen. It's a house of praise. We come here not just to pray. But we come to praise Him. And if you've not come to church in a long time and sang with a congregational or gave a testimony or done anything with your lips to lift Him up, you're missing out on one of the best things that happens on a regular basis in this place and that is praising God. Amen. Amen. We praise Him with our lips. We lift, him, we lift Him up with holy hands. It's a house of prayer, a house of praise. It's a house of preaching. I love preaching. I love doing it, obviously. Obviously but I also love listening to it. You know what I really like? It's going to sound weird. I love it when somebody preaches and I feel guilty. Don't that sound weird? I like it when I go to church and somebody gets up and preaches and I know God sent that message for me. Amen. The Bible says how are they going to know unless it's preached? How are we going to get the Word unless it's preached? You can read it. But there's a difference between reading it and someone standing up and preaching it to you because the Bible tells us that God chose the foolishness of preaching to go out to spread the gospel. And Paul told Timothy to preach, teach, and exhort. Amen. To do the work of an evangelist. And and, and I enjoy hearing preaching. I don't understand people who are Christians and go to church and hate preaching. Why are you here? If you hate preaching, you came to the wrong church this morning. It's a house of preaching. Preaching reproves me. It rebukes me. Sometimes it refreshes me. Amen. That I feel lifted up because of the preached Word of God. That I get excited and I want to go out and do something for God because of the preaching. Amen. That's what church is. That's the process. Let me talk to you about the proprietor of the church. You know whose church it is? I know we say our church and our people, and that's fine. It's good to have that sense of familiarity and family. But it's not your church. It's not my church. Calvary Road Baptist Church is not my church. I don't, this doesn't belong to me. It's God's church. That's what Paul said to Timothy. He said, that you'll not have behave yourself. And he said this, In the, which is the church of the living God. It's the church of God. Jesus said, Matthew 16, uh, 18, I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want to be His church. Amen. And that's what this is. It is His. It's not mine. It's not Brother Joe's. It's not, it's not yours. It's not theirs. It's God's church. It's His house. Amen. And when I come here, I want to do what He wants me to do. He wants me to pray. He wants me to praise Him. And if He wants preaching, that's why I'm here. Church is pride. And we see the church's pillar. He said this about the church. He said, It's the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. You know what that means? Church... Is where you're gonna get the pillar and the ground of truth in your life. Well, I can read my Bible at home. Sure you can. Amen. But God's sending the preacher and the Sunday school teacher sermons and lessons for you. Say, so why is a preacher always get up and preaching on dressing right? Because God told him to. And if you're not dressing right, it's because you need to hear it. Why does a preacher get up and preach on going out and spreading the gospel? Because it's the truth. And if somebody needs to hear it because they're not spreading the gospel, it's you. And guess what? When you stay home, and God sent... I've heard preachers make this statement, and over time, I I don't believe it's true. I've heard people say, well, you know, know, there's some people I wish were here, but I guess everybody God wanted to hear this message is here. That ain't true. There's been plenty of times God wanted you to hear it, and you wouldn't go. Otherwise, why would the devil try to keep you home? Well, if God wanted you there, you'd be there. God's not going to snap His fingers and pop you in your seat. God wants you to be here because it's where you're supposed to be. And He's got something He wants to give you. He wants to help you. But if you're not here, you're not going to get no truth. You're just not going to get it. Amen. That is the base of the church. It's our pillar. It's our ground. It's our base of operations. It's where we come to pray, to praise, and have preaching. and, And God is the head and the owner of the church. Let me hurry. Number two. The church is our body. We've we have covered this again and again, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been made and have been all made to drink into one spirit, for the body is not one member, but many. So we know that we are all parts of the same body and we see that the parts of the body that we have been saved and Christ is as the head as Ephesians 5 23 tells us that Christ is the head of the church then not everyone in the church has the same part amen not everybody in the church is the preacher not everybody in the church is the Sunday school teacher not everybody in the church is the piano player or the singer or or the the uh, the trustee or the deacon or not everybody takes up the offering not everybody does this Not everybody does that, but everybody has a part. And every part needs to be in their place, doing their work. Amen. That if your calling and your job and what God has given you the chance to do is to teach Sunday school or to work with the small children or or to sing in the choir or to play an instrument or, or whatever it may be, then that's what you need to do. And you don't need to sit around and think about the fact that you're not that, but you're this. You need to be what God's got for you to do. Amen. Romans 12, 3, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that's among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as do- God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ and everyone members one of another. We know how that Paul talks about how that if the foot says I'm not a part of the body, that well that doesn't mean it's not part of the body. If the eye says, I'm not a part of the body, it doesn't mean you're not part of the body. And if the eye looks at the foot and says, I don't like the foot, well, too bad, you're both a part of the same body. Amen. 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 I wish we could get that. So often we try, are you listening to me, to separate ourselves. Now the Bible tells us, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. Guess what? He wasn't talking about his own people. He wasn't talking about coming out and separating from the church. He's talking about coming out and separating from the world he said, "Touch not the unclean thing, that we're not supposed to go out there and live and smell and look and act just like the world, that we're supposed to live holy. Be ye holy, for I'm holy as God said to. We're supposed to live according to the word of God and, and to act and, and dress and talk and, and walk like Christians, Because we're Christians, that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, old things pass away, behold, all things become new. Well, if you look the same as you always have, Where's the new? Amen. That we're supposed to live like Christ. And that's what it means. What it does not mean is that you are to click up and separate from the people in your church that you don't really like. That's ungodly. Are y'all listening to me this morning? They get on my nerves. Okay, well you get on my nerves and I get on your nerves and we all get on each other's nerves. I've been married to my wife for 11 years. Do I get on your nerves? That That was an affirmative right there. She said, can I say yes? Yes, I ask you, yes. I know I get on your nerves. And, and news, news check, you get on my nerves sometimes. Amen. But guess what? I still love her. Well, Tim, don't look scared. It's okay, I promise. Is it okay? Yeah, we're good. Sometimes we get on each other's nerves. I still love her. I'm not looking for a way out. Amen. I, I'd like this thing to last till one of us or both of us is dead. That's, that's my intention. And that is my, that is my, that's my vow before God, that that's what I'm going to do. But the fact stands, I, just because she gets on my nerves sometime, or just because I get on her nerves sometime, or just because Peyton gets on my nerves sometime, don't mean I'm looking to separate myself. So how come if you're a part of the same family and the same body, every time somebody does something this big to bother you or get on your nerves, you're, you wish they'd just leave? Amen. I know that's harsh, but I want you to understand. We're the same body. The body needs to quit trying to separate from the body. Come together in unity. Isn't that been our message this year? To dwell together in unity. Love one another. Say, well, man, I just I think they're wicked. I don't even know if they're saved the way they act. Well, you know what? Maybe they're not. Pray for them. Pray for them. Try to be a help. Don't, it's not your job to decide which parts of the body do what, or who goes where, who does what. That's the head's job. And guess who's the head? Christ. It ain't you, it ain't me, we're all parts of the same body, and we need to work together. Amen. And when part of your body doesn't work the way you want it to, it's a real hindrance, isn't it? Amen. I, I don't think you'd mind me saying anything about it, but Brother Dennis has got a shoulder issue he's fought with for years, right? Brother had all kinds of problems. And isn't it frustrating when it just won't do what you want it to do? My dad fell off that ladder last year, I think it was, and I mean, he looked like an elephant leg from the knee down. And didn't even go to the doctor because he's a genius. But anyway, it's okay. That's what I told him too. It's all right. Y'all are okay. We're all okay. All right. Messed up looking foot. I took one look at it. I said, you need surgery, man. He's like, ah, they ain't going to do nothing for me anyway. Just stick it in the cast. I said, well, you probably need one. Because in two weeks, you're going to try and go out there and climb a ladder again if it's even half that size. And guess what? That's exactly what going to happen. He, he kept getting so frustrated because he's like, it just won't do what I'm telling it to do. I don't want God to ever think about me like a busted foot. I keep sending the message. And they just won't listen. Amen. I keep t- Are y'all listening to me this morning? I'm telling it. I want it to do this and to work together, but it's just not listening. It's a bad place to be in. We're all part of the same body. And Christ is the head. The church is is our body. And I want you to see the purpose of the body. 1 Corinthians 12.18 But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased Him. Who did that? That's what it said, isn't it? God hath set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased Him. Now you're the body of Christ and members in particular. And God hath set some of the church, first apostles and Secondarily, prophets. And thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles, gifts of healings, helps governments. You understand, what I'm telling you is this. Very simply, God has chosen. He's God. He puts you in this body for a reason. And your job is not to look for the first boat out of here. Your job is to figure out where God wants you to be in here and get in your spot and do as He wants you to do. Because He is the one who chooses the purpose of the body. We're all parts of the body in that body. If you remember this morning, I know we got some visitors, and I'm glad that you're here. We're all, if we're saved, a part of the body of Christ. But specifically, if you're a part of Calvary Road Baptist Church and you're a member of the church, then you're a part of this body of believers, and God wants you to work in harmony with this church. You can't do that if you're not here. You can't do that if you're always bucking against what the Lord's trying to do. You can't do that if you're not obeying the Lord, and when the Lord sends His Word to you, you don't receive it. You can't can't be an operative and proper part of the body when God is trying to direct you, and like that busted foot or that busted wrist or that ornery eye that don't see like you want it to anymore, you just can't get it to do what you want it to do. He's the head of the church. That's the parts of the body, the purpose of the body, and then we can see the problem in the body. The problem in the body is what I've been talking about right now. It's disunity. A body stops working when the parts quit working together. Amen. If my lungs said, I'm sick of all this air, I would like to pump some blood through the veins for a while. I would die. And the reason a lot of local bodies of churches have died over the years is because all the parts have been looking around at all the other parts they wish as they were, and they don't like the way that part works. And they don't are y'all with me? Are y'all with me this morning? I don't, they don't like the way that part works, and they don't like the way this works, and they're not willing to submit to the head of the church. And the head of the church is Christ. Are you a part? Are you a part? I won't read it, but 1 Corinthians 12 goes all through. The foot shall say, I'm not the hand, therefore I'm not of the body. Yeah, you are. If the whole of the body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now God hath set the members as it hath pleased Him. That's what it says. So we understand that. So if we understand that, do we understand that this morning? Yes or no? Yes. Or do we understand that? Yes. Okay. What's your part? You know, I hear a lot. Sometimes in different places and different people, I hear, I just don't feel like I have a part. That's usually, let me just tell you, in my experience of ministry, nine times out of ten, that's an individual problem, not a problem with the body. It's an individual doesn't like the part they have, or they want someone else's part, or they just don't feel like they're getting the attention they deserve. And I'm not saying all that to, to throw off on you and slur you. We're all human and we all have thoughts and we all battle our own struggles and pride and, and fears and insecurities and all that stuff. But can I tell you this morning, there is a part for you in your church. And you don't got to be up here to be a part. And you don't got to be on the piano to be a part. You don't, have to, you don't have to be on the sign to be a part or, or do that. I, I've heard preachers in the past say, I'm much more likely to come if I'm on the flyer. Can I tell you? You don't got to be on the flyer to be a part. In fact, the Bible tells me that those parts that men consider less honorable, they are more honorable in the eyes of God. The problem's disunity. The problem is when you can't get along, and you can't get together, and you can't go forward. How can we go forward if we can't get together? Amen. People talk about the independent Baptist church movement. Here's what: the, Now there is a, a wave of what they're calling reformed, independent Baptists. They're recovering is the word they really like to use. And they call it the IFB movement. Can I tell you that we are an independent, fundamental Baptist church, but we're not a part of a movement. The whole statement of the phrase independent, what it means is we are autonomous. We believe as the Bible teaches, and our church does not answer or adhere to the teaching of any man outside of the Lord Jesus Christ and what's written in His Word. And if that's the truth of us, and that's the fact of us, then our local independent body ought to be able to come together. So, well, I can't get together with the Southern Baptist Convention, or I can't get together with this or that. Or, Okay, fine, but can you get together with your hundred or so in one place trying to do the work of God? Because if you can't even get together in that small of a pocket, and that small of a unit in a the body, then there's a problem. And the problem is a lack of submission to the authority of God and a lack of unity amongst God's people. Can you all see that? All right. Well, this had not been a very fun message. Let me show you one more thing. The church is our base. The church is our body. The church is also our blessing. It's our blessing. Let, Let me take just a moment before I get into that and explain something to you, 1 Corinthians eleven eighteen 18 says this, First of all, when you come together in church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. Here's what, here's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. There are some people who are going to come into the church... They're the ones that Jesus talked about. He called them wolves in sheep's clothing. That they are not truly a part of the body. John said they were not of us. They went out from us. And they were never a part of us. Unfortunately, there are sometimes people who come into a congregation who have absolutely no interest in submitting to God. They've never been saved. They have no interest in being saved. They have no interest in the preaching. They have no interest uh, in doing right. Their only interest is their self interest. That's the ones that Paul's talking about. He said, There are heresies among you. And often they would come in and they would begin to secretly go to those in the church that they would deem weaker and more susceptible, and they would begin to tell lies. And they begin to try and spread discord. And you know that's something God hates is discord, spreading discord amongst the brethren. If If you get around someone and all they want to do is talk bad about other people in the church, mark them. Did you all hear me? That is an enemy of the church. And what they need is to repent, get right, get in on all the good. Because the church is a blessing. And I'm going to tell you about it here in just a second. But if you're against the church, you'll never reap the benefits of the blessing of the church. Amen. Listen to me. If you're against the church, well, I don't like that preacher, and I don't like that teacher, and I don't like that deacon, and I don't like her, and I don't like him, and I don't like the way they do this, and why they always got to say this, and why they always got to act like that, and you're negative, <laughs> complaining, and murmuring, you're never, listen to me, you're never going to reap the benefit. And there are so many benefits of the church. The church is a blessing. Jesus, like I said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What a powerful thing the church is when God's people come together in unity. Amen. How good. How pleasant it is. How good. How pleasant it is. The opposite is true. How absolutely uncomfortable and unpleasant and awful it is to be a part of the church in name only and to be an enemy of what God's trying to do. Let me read you this verse, and I'll move on from that. Romans 12, 9. Let love be without dissimulation. That means quit faking it. Don't come in here and look at me and act like you love me and nod your head like you love everything I'm saying, and then go get in the car and say to your, your husband or your wife and all your children, don't listen to what that preacher said. I don't like the way he said this. And I don't like the way they did that. Let love be without dissimulation. Let it be real. When you see her in here, don't smile. Oh, it's good to see you. And then get out there and say, I can't stand her. Amen. Let it be real. Let it be real. Amen. Let it be real. Let it be real. Let love be without dissimulation. Let it be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Listen to verse 10. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. I, that's where I'll stop in this reading. Kindly affection one to another. That means be kind to one another. Actually treat one another like you you love one another, you care about each other, have respect for one another, amen, and love them like you should, and preferring one another. You know what preferring one another is? It's wanting someone else to have good even when you can't. If I prefer you, I would rather that you have good when I can't. If Callie and I are going to get in line at the church meal, and there's one slice of whatever pizza or or one piece of that, that dessert that I just, man, I love it, and I've been, I was coming to get it. And she's standing there and she's like, oh, look, they've got this dessert. You have, get some. It's delicious. I'm preferring her. I want her to have it even if I can't. I want her to be joyous and, and have joy and, and be happy and, and have the blessings of God even when I can. not If we'd all prefer one another, it solve most of our problems with unity in the church. problem is we don't really prefer one another. A lot of times we prefer ourselves to everyone else i'd prefer that me and my family all get the good and what we want and everybody else can have what's left but that's not the way that god's people are meant to act we're meant to prefer one another and to lift one another up and to love one another amen the church is a blessing romans 16 i'll be closing here 16 romans 16 verse 1. paul's come down now to the end of his letter The same letter he wrote in, we read from Romans chapter 1. In chapter 16, we said verse 1, I commend you, Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is in Sincrea, that you receive her in the Lord as become becometh saints, and that you assist her in what sort of business she hath need of you. For she hath been a succorer of many and of myself, great Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. We see the blessed service of the church. This is the hope of the church. You know what this means? Our hope in God comes from His promises and the power that is in His church. That's right. Well, Paul, I need help with this, and I want God to do this. You know what you need to do? You need to get in church. You need to ask the church to pray and ask the church to help the blessed service of the church, that the church, in our service and working for God, that if we will come together as a church and do the service of God, there's nothing that can stop us. There's nothing that can stop us. You say, oh no, the world don't want us, and they hate us, and they hate what we believe, and they hate what we preach, and what we teach. If the church would come together in one purpose, united and not disunited, and not backbiting and in discord, but loving and preferring one another, we can do anything through Christ. The service of the church, and what we can do is, is miraculous, and it's, it's, it's a blessing. It's, it's amazing what we can do when we do it together under Christ in unity. Can you see that? Blessed service. We see their blessed succor. It's the help of the church. To succor means literally to run to or to run to support, hence to help or relieve when in difficulty, in want or in distress, to assist and deliver from suffering. First John 1, 3, 16, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. John, 1 John chapter 3:16 through 18 is describing the way that the church should love people and specifically the brethren. John 3:16 is about God's love for us. 1 John 3:16 is about our love for one another. That just as God Christ laid His life down for us, so ought we to lay our lives down for the brethren. Isn't that something? That's what we ought to do. And can I tell you, so many times, let me go further. Every time I've needed help in my life, it's been God's people who helped me. How many stories have you heard about Someone in the church has got a bill and they're just not sure how they're going to pay it. Or a car that's broke down and they're not sure how they're going to fix it. Or not enough groceries in the pantry. And, and then before you know it, a check show up in the mail. Or they get home and there's bags of groceries waiting for them at the front door. Or somebody show up and, and buy them a part for their car. Or, or give them a ride here or help them there. You know who does that? The church. It's the church. The church is our... Physical, personal help. Christ is our spiritual and miraculous help, and He is the hills from whence come with our help. But if the church is working together and following as Christ wants them to do, man, that's where our help comes right here. Sometimes it comes when you least expect it. Sometimes it comes and it's just what you needed. Other times it comes and it's way beyond what you ever thought. But it's the help, the church. That's what Paul said about these ladies. He's describing them here in the passage how that Phoebe, he said, she's a servant of the church, she's a worker. And then in verse 2, he said, that she hath been a succorer of many and of myself also, that she ran to help him. That's what it means. To to offer succor is to run to help somebody. You hear somebody needs help, I'll do whatever I got to do to help you. Not just say it, but really mean it. I mean, I'm going to help them. I'm a, I want to help them. I want to be a help to them, a blessing to them. Hand on some money or, or help work or, or go to them or pray for them and be there for them. That's what the church is. It's our blessed service, the blessed succor of the church. And then we see the blessed sacrifice of the church. Here's what he said. He said, "Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks. You've heard that the state say, I'll stick my neck out for you. That's what that means. I'm putting my neck out. That means I will gladly put myself in danger and my reputation at stake if that's what it takes to help you. And Paul meant it literally. What would have happened if some of the same people who'd arrested him and thrown him into jail had got their names, that they were doing the work of God, well, then their neck might have been on the line just like his was, and his was heading for a chopping block. You understand? I'm talking about real sacrifice. God's people staying up late and praying with you. Sending you a message on the phone. Lord want me to let you know I'm praying for you. Going to their house and sitting with them, or going picking somebody up on the side of the road when they're broke down in the middle of the night and they need help. And yeah, well, it's easy to help when it's easy to help. But what about when it's hard? You know I'm going to call? We'll call God's people. I'm going to call the church because the church is a blessing. Don't listen to the lie that the church needs to go away. The church is a blessing. Every good thing in my life, I got at the church. I was saved in a church. I was married in a church. I stood up in front of my dad's church holding both my children after they were born and I dedicated them to my God Amen. in church. I can't understand people that want to get away from it. It's the greatest thing in my life. Outside of salvation, is being a part of the church. Amen. I get to take my children to church, teach them to sit there and listen during the preaching. Man, that's hard sometimes. Yeah, but man, it's so worth it. Amen. When I get to see Link in church, little bitty baby. We had him at Curtis Craven's camp meeting earlier this year. And people were shouting all over the house. And I mean, the Lord was really showing up. And I see my son, not even a year old, raise his hand up and holler out in church. So oh, he don't get it. That's right, he don't. But one day he will. Amen. That's right. It's just normal. My brother was talking about taking Josiah up to the ark encounter. And they come up to the end of the ark encounter there and they had that big picture of the cross up there. He looked at him, he said, Josiah, and Josiah's about four months younger than Peyton, so he'll be four this year. He said, you know who that is? He said, yeah, that's that's Jesus. He said, yeah, what's he doing? He said, he's he's hanging on the cross. He said, Daddy, why did Jesus have to hang on the cross? He said, son, Jesus had to die on the cross so you and I could go to heaven and not have to go to hell. And Josiah said, yeah, he don't want us. To go to hell, does He? He wants us to go to heaven with Him. Not even four years old. The church is a blessing. Why would you want to get away from the church? Well, this one said that, or that one did None of that matters. The church is a blessing. You can go out there and guess what you're going to find? The same thing you don't like about the people in here, you're going to find it tenfold out there. You're going to find out that in here, we've got God and yeah, maybe that one gets on your nerves sometime, and and maybe this one don't do things exactly the way you would do it, Or, or maybe things aren't exactly the way you think they ought to be right when they ought to be. But man, if we'll just come together and serve God, the church is a blessing. We need the unity of the church. Let's all stand. Can I encourage you this morning? Don't be the one that harbors bitterness in their heart toward God's people. God's people are the best people on earth. Don't listen to the liars. Don't listen to the jaded who say you can't trust preachers. You can't trust the brethren. The Bible said let brotherly love continue. How's your heart this morning? Nobody looking around? Nobody looking this way? Let me ask you a couple simple questions. First of all, do you know this morning, beyond a shadow of doubt, that you're a part of the church? You've been saved. You've got the Holy Spirit living inside of you. If you died today, you know exactly where you'd go. You'd go to heaven. You 100% know? Or do you not? So Brother Paul, I, I wish I could do like you say, but man, I just, I just don't feel like I'm a part. Have you been saved? Do you know today 100% without a shadow of a doubt that if you took your final breath today, that you'd lift up your eyes in heaven? Do you have the assurance of the Scriptures? Do you have the assurance of your salvation? Guess what? It's not a game. It's reality. Do you know? If you don't, you ought to come this morning to bow the knee and ask the Lord to save you. Is there anyone here this morning who would say, Brother Paul, I I don't know if I'm saved. Would you pray for me? I'm not going to come and embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out, but would you just raise your hand and say, I I, I think I, I might be lost. Would you pray for me? Those of you that's sitting here this morning, standing now with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, some of you are in the pew thinking, I've not been a part of this church like I should. I've had bitterness and hatred and anger toward the brethren, and I've not been like I should be. I'm not going to go to the altar. Because I don't want anybody to know. Can I tell you this morning, if you come to the altar, I guarantee there's some people in here who gather around you and pray, who love you. I love you. Every one of you. I want unity in our church, and I want God to use us and bless us. Would you come? Some have already come and are praying. Would you come and ask God to help you to love the brethren? Would you ask God to help you to prefer one another in honor? Would you help God to knit your heart with this church or your home church, if that's not here and you're visiting this morning, wherever it may be, that God would speak to you and help you to be a part of the work and a part of the unity of the church and to not be a reason for disunity, for discord, for anger, and variance and hatred, Our Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you this morning. Thank you, God, that you sent your Son to die on the cross for us. Thank you, God, Lord, that, uh, that all men everywhere, Lord, if they'll look toward heaven, cry out for salvation, God, that you hear them. Thank you that you're real, God, that you live in my heart, God. Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you, Lord, for Calvary Road Baptist Church. Thank you, God, for giving me the blessed opportunity to serve you in this place. God, thank You, Lord, for every man, every woman, every child, every young person who's here this morning. God, who came and heard the preached Word. God, thank You for every one of them that's saved. Thank You for everyone that's a member and everyone that's a visitor. God, every one of us, God, who know You. God, thank You, Lord. Thank You for saving us, God. If there's one here this morning, God, who does not know You, Lord, I pray that today would be the day, not tomorrow. Now is the appointed time. Today is the day of salvation. Save them today, Lord. Help them, God, not to wait until it's too late. God, thank You for this church. Thank You, Lord, for the songs that we've sang. Thank You, Lord, for the Word that You've given us. Thank You, Lord, for every single blessing. Lord, for that, that one, God, who's been a help when help was needed. and been a blessing, God. And God, those who pray for us. And God, Lord, those who, who clean up around the church. And God, those who, who help take care of the business here and, and help in the nursery and help here and help there, God. Thank you, Lord, for every single member of the body. I pray, God, please, knit our hearts together. Help us, God, to love one another. God, to stick. Help us, Lord. God, we need you. We love you. We ask these things according to your riches, your grace, and your mercy. In Jesus' name. Thank you again for listening to the Calvary Road Baptist Church podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, you can find the link to our website in the show notes to www.calvaryroadbaptistchurch.com. We're so thankful that you've taken the time to listen to today's sermon. and We hope that the Lord will use it to edify you in the faith. If you'd like to help spread the word about this podcast, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or by telling a friend. Thank you again and have a blessed day in the Lord.